Good morning, all three people. How are you? Hallelujah. I hate Christmas and I hate summer. They're the two times everybody goes AWOL. Praise God. I just got back yesterday. I was in various places in various countries, been traveling all over the place. Stand with me. Now you've all settled down and you said, stand up. Let's just pray for the word I want you to receive this morning. Pray for yourself, for God's word. Thanks, Ravi. For God's word to enter your heart. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. God Almighty, come amongst us here this morning. We've come to hear from you, God. It is your word that changes us, guides us, leads us in everything we do. We repent of any time you've spoken and we have not obeyed. Forgive us, Father. And we come afresh. Your mercies are new every single morning. And this morning, this day, in this place, we can hear from you. I pray for those around the world following us and listening that you will bless them in their nations. God, particularly the Muslim nations and those who have no food, no leaders, no pastors, no word, and rely on podcasts and Facebook and YouTube. Bless those nations. And bless those secret Christians, those persecuted nations. And I say to them, we love you, we care about you, and may the Lord bless you wherever you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. What'd you have for breakfast, Michael? What'd you have for breakfast? <laughs> Praise the Lord. We began about five weeks ago talking about simplifying our food. If you turn over a packet of food, a tin of baked beans even, and you look at the, at the contents, it's complicated, isn't it? Massively complicated. It's especially... Um, sugar-free or, or low-sugar or low-fat products are enormously complicated because they have to do enormous amounts of things to them to make them that way. One of the first things my fitness instructor told me is be careful of everything marked healthy. I thought, what? Be careful of everything because they have to do massive amounts to it. So we spent a few weeks on that. Then we looked at our possessions, remember? Did you know that the average person only uses 20% of their clothing? What about you? <laughs> right? 20%. I mean, that's probably, it's probably even less for me. I, I, I probably use, I don't know, very little. 5 or 6%. And all that stuff. The same with our possessions. You, you don't actually use the stuff you own. We just pay to keep it. <laughs> we pay to house it. We pay to move it around, etc., etc. So we talked about simplifying our diet. We talked about simplifying our possessions because Solomon said, if you own too much, it's going to weigh you down. A rich man's possessions keep him awake at night, Solomon said. Today I want to look at something much more complex, actually, and maybe much more important to you, and that's your relationships. Our relationships. Marriage. Can marriage be complicated? <laughs> you better believe it. Singles. Getting married, that can be complicated. Raising children, the way we raise kids, our relationships there can be very complicated. Indeed. Uh, eyes forward, please. Just give me your attention one moment. My opinion, there's two types of people in churches. The complicated ones and the simple ones. The simple ones are those who seem to come to church every Sunday, never have an argument with anybody, 
right? Life just goes on normal. And the complicated ones are never done with arguments. Hello? It's true. There doesn't seem to be too much middle ground on this one. So you're either in this camp, the complicated camp, or you're in the simple camp. And that's been my experience, right? There are different types. I don't know what type you are when it comes to relationships. Because do an analysis of your relationships. Look at your marriage. Look at your church relationships. Look at your work relationships. Look at your family relationships. And if you begin to see a pattern, a day has to come when you say, thank God, I'm obviously quite a simple person because I've got good relationships with my family. And I'm not arguing at work. I'm happy with my church. But if it's the opposite pattern everywhere you go, someday that has to stop. Hello. A day has to come when I say, this is not what God meant for me. When we have bad emotional reactions as a habit, those same reactions you're going to take into your work, you're going to take into your marriage, you're going to take them everywhere because you are you, right? You can't leave you behind. The documentary I shared about you before here, the World Trade Center, there was a tower here and the two World Trade Centers were over there and when they were collapsing, the people in this tower block were told to stay in their block. So they stood and watched the whole thing. And they made a documentary about the reactions of the people in the, in the block that was observing. It was a fascinating documentary. Because one person became angry. One person ran around comforting everybody. Another person began to cry. And the documentary was about this. When the trade center was falling, the person who became angry was always angry. Every day they came in angry. It wasn't just the trade center that made them angry. The person who was comforting people, that's what they always did. And I found that a really good insight. Some people wanted to run away. They wanted to leave the building and run out of the building. Some, some people want to you know, run away in their lives. Some people wanted to confront the situation. And that's what it's like with like normal emotional reactions in relationships. And that, that documentary gave me a great insight. My emotions are habits, right? You have emotional habits and reactions, and you need to take ownership of that and sanctify that. Amen. Think about yourself, by the way. <laughs> Don't think about those on your left or your right. Just think about yourself. Here's the question. I've been on plane for the last two weeks, so I've had plenty of time to think about this. Here's the question going through my head. What makes simple lives simple and complicated lives complicated? What is the difference in those people? Forgive me, Michael, but I was thinking about you. Um, and I mean simple in the highest recommendation. Nobody ever argues with Michael. Never in arguments. I was just starting to think, what makes simple people simple in every area and the complicated people complicated. This is just a list straight off the top of my head. Number one, lies are complicated and the truth is simple. You can say amen. amen. Lies are complicated. If you tell a lie, you're going to have to tell a lie to cover up the lie that you told. We have a, have a friend in Glasgow, Davis from Zimbabwe, 
Very good man, lovely, lovely, lovely man. And he was doing a message one day. I will never forget it. I've asked him several times to come here and do it for us here at LFC. It was called White Lies. Uh, <laughs> dear me. He said this in his message. I'll never forget it. He, wa- he pulled into a car park and he was just about to go and buy his ticket when someone came over and knocked the window and said, you can have my ticket. My, my, uh, it's it's cancelled. So you've got two hours here, it's yours. And he said, I can't take it. And the man said, no, no, this is free. I'm not asking you for any money. And David said, no, no, you're not allowed to take people's tickets. The machine says you must buy your own ticket. That's what it says. So I can't take your ticket. Thank you very much. You see? And he went and got his own ticket. And he was telling the church because it would be a lie if he took the ticket from him and put it on the windscreen. So I sat there thinking, you're more godly than me. <laughs> because I would have taken his arm off to get that ticket. I don't know about you. I would have gone, yes, ticket. I got back at the traffic people, right? Wouldn't you? It wouldn't actually, I wouldn't have done that. But his illustration was excellent. Because what he was saying was, okay, so if I had taken that ticket and I put it on the windscreen. And then when I'm coming back to leave, the warden is there. And the warden says, <coughs> excuse me, sir. I see the ticket on you. Is that your ticket? Now it starts getting complicated. Because, quick think. Well, technically it is my ticket. Because the man gave it to me, so it's mine. So, as a Christian, it's not a lie. Uh, yes, it is my ticket. Okay, sir, what time did you buy it? Oh, no, now it's really complicated. It's a good illustration. Because once you start on a path, that path of lies is going to take you to a point where you're going to want to compromise the truth. Amen? But the truth is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That's what the truth actually is. And when we start to deviate, it could be any type of deviation. It could be exaggeration. If I exaggerate, that's a lie, isn't it? Right? There's many, many types of this. Let me say... Truth is not a weapon. So don't go into war against people with truth. Be very careful of the way you use truth. It's a ministry. Jesus is the truth. It's a loving, gentle, sweet ministry. So be careful. And the other thing I would say before, say I'm going to confront you, Tim, about some truth in your life, I better be conscious of the truth in my own. Better be conscious of the truth in my own. Nothing worse than someone coming to me to tell me to correct my marriage when I know that their marriage, not, not, you know, not, are you with me? Yeah. Nothing worse than someone who's not aware of their own reality and yet they want to correct me with some truth. That's not acceptable. That, that's silly. That's the opposite of what Jesus told us to do and to be. So when I first learned to accept my own reality, my own truth, I then have the ability to minister in love and humility whatever truth may God sh- sh- may show me in other people. Amen. Amen. Secondly, rebellion is complicated. And submission, being submissive in spirit, is so much better. As I look at the... I've pastored many churches, and at this stage, thousands of people over the last 20-odd years. I tell you, this is true. Happy people are submissive people. Happy people are those who are submissive and obedient. Same in marriages. Submissive wives are tend to be jolly, happy wives. But once rebellion 
gets into our system. Most rebellion comes when we, re- we, we want to take responsibility for something that's not your responsibility. I'm, I'm pushing in in an area that God hasn't given me responsibility for. That's where rebellion comes from. And largely it's, a, it's just a downright lack of faith. Let God give you the responsibility. Amen? Your God-given responsibilities, obey them. But in every other area, be submissive to your boss in work, even if you don't agree. Be submissive to your husband in all things but sin. Be submissive to your pastors, right? Your cell leaders, your regional leaders, whoever they are, your worship leaders. Be submissive, and the Bible says that will be a joy to you. Lies are complicated. The truth is simple. Rebellion is complicated, but submission is simple. Faking it is complicated, but being yourself is simple. Let me use an illustration about Mary's two illustrations about this. I'm 54, right? And I've been around the block many times, (laughs) okay? So I entered this relationship, I suppose, differently (coughs) from all the other relationships. Um, The one thing, when she came here, remember, in July, Tim, whatever that was, I was getting my years wrong, that was the first time we'd met, so... But I approached that. We had, we, we, we had a date that lasted 14 days, you see, because she came all the way from Colombia. But one of the things I did right from the get-go was I am going to be 100% me. Because if I have to be someone else to get you or to keep you, that's not going to work. Because you can only act for so long. Now, she teaches many subjects. That's the way it is in Colombia. One of her subjects is etiquette, dining etiquette. You see? She does a whole YouTube thing on puts the table on all the different knives, you know? So we went to fish and chips, posh place for fish and chips. You see? And she's sitting opposite me. And, I, you know, it, oh, looks lovely. So I pick up my chips, <laughs> dip it in the mi- You should have seen her face. Yeah, she was totally and utterly gobsmacked. Because I know, she knows that I know what she teaches. And she was looking, thinking, who is this? And I made no reaction. I pick up my fish, eating away. And she was going, oh, dear, dear, dear. And I said to her, you know what? I never eat fish and chips with a knife and fork. So you can like it or lump it. I'm eating my fish the way I always eat it. So you don't. And she thought about it, and she, she didn't use her fingers. She ate with a knife and fork, and she just went off and thought about it. But a few days later, about five days later, we had fish and chips again. And you know what she did? Sat down, picked it up. Didn't <laughs> yeah. I said, it's easier. I said, see the etiquette in the right place at the right time? It's okay. So if I'm at the Lord Mayor's, I'll use my knife and fork. I'm not daft. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Amen. But here with you, No. I'm going to be me. I was picking her up at the hotel and I sent her a text. I said, today you need flat shoes because we're going to be walking all day. Okay, so flat shoes. I turn up and she's got these like semi-high heels on. <laughs> so I said, I said, flat, flat shoes. You're going to need flat shoes. She haven't got any. How do you mean you haven't got any? I, I, I don't use them. You know. She's so conscious of your height. That's your problem. Okay, come on, change and plan. So we went over Tottenham Court Road, went in a shoe shop. Oh, I know what you're doing. In a shoe shop. I say, pick, pick comfortable shoes. Ugh. He's furious, you see. 
pick comfortable shoes. So she bought these training shoes, flat, really comfortable training shoes, shoes in her bag, and off we went. And we're walking. So for the first, like, five or six hundred yards, her head, she's furious, making me wear these shoes. And then we were in a park later, and she pulled away from me, and she started to jump and dance. And she turned around to me, and she said, thank you for setting me free. Thank you for accepting my height. Amen. Don't fake it. Don't fake it. You have to be someone else to gain someone. It's the wrong person. Amen. Be yourself. So lies are complicated. Rebellion is complicated. Faking it is complicated. Sex is complicated. Now you're all listening, aren't you? Amen. Sex is complicated, but eros is simple, very, very simple. And I've had, in this room, in this very room over the last few years, I've had several one-to-ones and two-to-ones and three-to-ones. Some of you here help me with these sex counseling sessions. So I've had people who want anal sex, and they want me to say, what do you think of anal sex? People who want oral sex, and what do I think, and what does the Bible say about that? People who want, you know, there's all sorts of people, Christians I'm talking about, you know, a woman would come in and say, my husband wants me to dress up as a policeman. What does the Bible say? Let me just check. I mean, come on. Things get really, really complicated. Really complicated. Sorry. Sorry for that illustration. But in this world, see, okay, guys, my story is very plain. I didn't get saved till later life. I lived for 10 years in a block of flats, which was owned by the NHS. It was a nurse's home. And uh, that was, I had a lot of girlfriends because I was in there 10 years. They came, studied one year, and then they went away, and another group came in every single year. So, and I was crazy in those days. So I know what sex is. And sex can be very complicated. And it can lead to great complications, especially with women. The, the female mind really can get twisted and distorted and, and so abused in this area. So I understand the whole sex thing, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But once I was saved, oh, Lord, what a difference. When I discovered Eros, it, it just, I'm a complete convert. So my advice to everybody today when they ask me about sex is I say, some things in life are best simple. Really, really simple. And if you get tempted into some what I would consider deviant behavior, you're on the wrong road. Because that road will never satisfy you. Uh, because God's obviously missing there somewhere. Eros, the difference between, the, the world does not have Eros. The church has Eros. The world has sex. We have God. And it, what makes sex interesting for me is when two people are born again. And they both love the Lord. And they're both serving the Lord then I tell you, some of you will already know this. If you don't, please listen. The sexual part is an automatic natural overflow. And there's your ministry. That's where it becomes a ministry, not a duty. It becomes really normal and natural and good and wholesome. But it can't half be complicated if you don't get that part right. Don't be I've never been embarrassed about talking about sex. Talk about sex in any way, shape, or form. doesn't bother me. But I, from the experiences of my life, simple and pure is best. 
simple and pure, uncomplicated, is best with God completely in the equation. Number five, bad motives are complicated. Altruism, pure motives, that's what's simple. Let me use the worship team, Johanny, as an example. Let's say someone wants to play the keyboard, right? And they've got a bad motive. So they come to you and they say, I want to join the team, I want to play the keyboard. But they've got a bad motive. Is that going to be good? or <laughs> Is this going to be complicated or simple? It's going to be well complicated. Because when they're over there in that keyboard and you start giving instructions, they're not going to go with the flow. Not going to flow. Because something's distorted inside. Same with every team. If the motive is wrong, there's going to be endless complications in the ministry. Another person comes, they want to play the drums. But their motive is right. And now when you want to change things, complicated or simple? Totally simple. Because the motive is to glorify God. And there's nothing like a ministry. to You know what the difference is? Flow. Flow. Flowing with people. Flowing together in ministry. But if you're the sort that constantly goes against the flow, then you need to question, in my opinion, your motives, your true motive is coming into question there. Amen? It's very true. Bad motives are complicated. Altruism and a pure heart is not. Number six, war is complicated and peace is not. I, um, I love America. I preached all over America, 17 cities across the United States with Rick Seward before he died. So I love America. Americans have done me nothing but good. But I would say to America, war is not the answer to everything. And some countries get it in their head. If there's a problem, bomb it. Let's send in the troops. And some people have the same, the same problem. Some problems in your life are not going to be sorted by an argument. Hello. War is complicated. And it's a learned emotional response very often. We're trapped into one way of responding to every problem. Every problem is to hit back, to send bombs, to, to bullets or whatever. Manipulate, control, dominate. And sometimes peace is the answer. And just simple peace. So you ask yourself, when you're confronted with things, what is your default? What is your default in your marriage? When A happens, you know, troubleshooting chart, do I always hit back? Do I always argue? What's your default? Maybe that needs correction. And me, many things need correction. Number seven, overthinking is complicated. Oh, yes. Rest is very simple. But when you start, I'm complicated. I admit that I'm complicated. I'm a complicated person. Um, but not unnecessarily. Not unnecessarily. If something's quite simple, I'll just go with it. But certain types of people overthink everything. Everything good is turned and twisted in their mind. Hello? It's true. Overthinking is complicated. And resting in God, we've done six weeks on rest. Resting in God is simple. But look at number eight. After thinking. <laughs> After thinking is a big problem. It's highly complicated. But keeping your peace is simple. Full attention, please, eyes forward. Because this is a really important point. Let's say in the last couple of decades, I've done 10,000 pastoral meetings. Let's say Michael here has a problem, okay? 
And he says, I want some help. So I bring Brian and Anne and we, 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 we meet with him and talk with him. He says, blah, blah, blah. I've got this, blah, blah. And we give him advice. I say, we want you to do this, that, and that. And we pray for him. And do you know what? He has such peace when he's in the meeting with us. And Anne, you give him your peace. And Brian, you give him. And I give you my peace. And he feels great. Right? Guess what happens next? You go through the door. After thinking. After thinking. And countless, see of the 10,000 meetings, I estimate about 2,500 to 3,000 people have gone to after thinking. And Michael goes home and he says, hmm, I was feeling happy, but Pastor Mike said, now I'm going to be okay. What did he mean by now? Why did he say now? Is he, is he suggesting that before? And another thing he said, and the after thinking kicks in. And the person starts spinning and turning. And the peace they leave with, the next time you see them, they're angry. Because they've been a victim in their mind. Your mind can be the devil's playground. And do you know what it is? It's a failure to keep peace. That's what it is. I can give you my peace when you're with me. But I can't follow you everywhere. And if you in yourself, we did this at the leaders training, right? A couple of weeks ago. You need to learn the 15 types of people you can't help. You can't help people who can't, have not yet learned to keep their own peace. Rule number one from Jesus. Right? It's absolutely true. You, a person must know because you can't live with them. You can't follow them and constantly be their peace. They have to learn to keep their own peace. And that involves disciplining your mind and not thinking crazy thoughts after you've received counseling. You can say a big amen there. That's a really important point. Really important point. Otherwise, you can't keep the good stuff that God gives you. My responsibility to control my thoughts, not anybody else's. And when I start reacting crazy... By the way, let me say this, folks. I've been under the same authority for 22 years. I've had the same overseer, Shane Comiskey, Ray Belfield, Rick, Gabriel. Same people all these years. Don't you think that after... Because I've had thousands of times with them. Don't you think I have the same... You know, temptation? I have exactly the same as you. You go, what did he mean when he said, no, stop it in Jesus' name. Right? I'm not going there. You see with your husband and wife, same problem. You have a, 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 a discussion because you've been having problems. And when you're talking to one another, you feel that you've solved it. And then you separate. What happens? After thinking. After thinking. And the person who leaves with peace within a couple of days or hours, can suddenly be back at war with themselves and with you. Why are some people simple and some people complicated? Bad emotional habits, lies, rebellion, faking, bad motives, war being my only solution, fighting being my only option, overthinking things, afterthinking things. And ninthly, this is a big, very important one. Because I'm living to please other people's expectations and not God's. Amen? Other people, could be your parents, could be your workplace, but living a life, a fake life. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And whatever God puts on me, I can testify from my life. Even though it may be difficult, it's still easy. There's a paradox there. 
When God gives me something, no matter how difficult the thing is, there's still an ease within it. Hallelujah. But when people put expectations, this is why Jesus was against the Pharisees. You're putting false expectations on the people. And I'm not going to let you do that. My yoke is easy. And my burden is light. So do not let other people put expectations on you that you know are not correct. Because that's going to lead you to become a very complicated, distorted individual. Not the person of liberty that God intended you to be. And lastly, forcing it is complicated. But gifting is simple. I know I get a lot of criticism for this. and Many people criticize me for this. <laughs> Please, find your gift. Don't force it. And if you're not gifted in something, don't push your way into it. Amen? Forcing it is very difficult. But living within the realms of your God-given gift is wonderful. Many people reject their gift because they think it's too small. I had a man who was gifted in helps, fix anything in our church. But he wanted to be that worship leader. He couldn't even sing. Yeah. And I told him very gently, I said, listen, this is not for you. But he was determined to force himself in. And he was very unhappy, such really complicated. Brother, this is not the way to go. You need to accept gifting is easy. But forcing yourself is never good in any area. The Bible says a man's gift will make room for you. You don't have to push. You don't have to press yourself on anybody. And in order to prove this point, I'm going to sing you a song. <laughs> no, because who would suffer if I did that? You would suffer. Because I'm not operating in my gifting. You can step up here. You can step up here. Many of you can step up. Because that's the area of your gifting. Not complicated. Not going to have to spend days justifying yourself. Or fighting. Or war. So my principle for my life. The way I live my life. I live within the gifting that God gave me. And you know what that does for me? When people complain. You don't do this and you don't do that. They get really angry because it doesn't affect me. <laughs> I don't need to please you, friend. So you can scream and shout. Because when I lie down at night, I have done what God asked me to do. And I'm still doing it. But others, they take the parents' route, what the parents want, what this want, what my culture wants, and all this stuff. And your life is slipping through your fingers every single day. It's complicated. Gifting is simple. Amazing scripture, isn't it? It says, when Jesus ascended on high, he gave every person in this room a gift that they were supposed to use that would liberate them, freedom in your life. Wonderful. The sad thing is, many go the world's way. Don't put your hand up. Are your relationships have a pattern of being really complicated and difficult and arguments and wars. Family, work, church. Or are your relationships quite simple? 
Learn from those. Look around the room. You know who's who. We all do. I want those of you who have endless complexities to learn from those who don't. Okay? And adopt good habits, emotional habits, and get rid of the bad ones. And we can all, and this is one area that I want to simplify my life. We've looked at our food. We've looked at our possessions. Now let's declutter my emotional responses and simplify that area too. Amen? Stand with me. I'll invite the worship team. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray your, your truth will be healing to us. Your word will be healing and restorative to us this day. I pray the entry of your word brings light, and I pray it will bring light to me and to all of my brothers and sisters here. Declutter my emotions. My yoke is easy and my burden is light, and I, I want to receive that yoke this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Shall we take a moment to ponder upon these words? It may sound simple, but they are very effective and a very good teaching. Think through it as the worship team gets ready. What are the areas that you and I need to make changes? I know what changes I need to start making. Holy Spirit of God, bring to the revelation. It's not too late to make changes in my personal life. We pray, Father God, that Lord, you will strengthen us, help us to be a genuine person, to live a life to please you and to maintain my own peace. Not to rely on somebody else's peace, but to maintain the peace that you have given me so that I will live a, a peaceful life, a simple life, and a genuine life that will bring glory to you. I pray this morning that, Lord, everyone, those who has heard, those who have heard this te- teaching, these words, I pray that, Lord, may you seal it into our hearts. And may it bring forth changes in my life, in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You can take your seat. I think the worship team will give us a song. But, yeah, we, if the ushers, if you can get ready. Um, basket will come around if you have something you drop it in if not just in worship god